God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Since the beginning of time, God has been sharing his glorious light with all of his creation. We welcome the glow of the sun, moon, and stars. All of us enjoy their brilliance and beauty, beauty that all mankind can plainly see. But God also desires to share his spiritual light with us, a light that is sometimes more difficult to see. Therefore, the creator of the universe devised a wonderful plan, for God so loved the world that he gave a light, a light for all of us to see. Father always carried on about what dark days we lived in. He'd walk around the house shouting, Roman guards are everywhere. They do what they want, and they take what they want. But soon, our Messiah will come, and he will deliver us from all our enemies. Father often seemed so upset, but I knew that what he said was true. We were God's chosen people, and Jehovah had always kept his promises to Israel. The scriptures prophesied that the Messiah would come, and God would keep his word. Great is your faithfulness, heavenly Father, glorious in holiness, almighty Yeah. 
sacred name we praise. Sing to him for he has triumphed over all, and we worship him through all our days. Great is your
Her baby leaped in her womb. She immediately began to thank Jehovah that I, the mother of the Messiah, had entered her house. God had spoken to her also. I can't tell you what a blessing it was to share my news with someone who actually believed me. My heart overflowed with praise.
The villagers knew Joseph, knew his character and compassion. No one was surprised when he chose Mary for his wife. They seemed to complete each other. They appeared to be the perfect couple, as if God had planned their marriage from the beginning of time. Preparation for marriage filled my thoughts. I was determined to provide the best I could for my bride-to-be. I knew I was a fortunate man. She was everything I had prayed for. Mary had taken a trip into the hill country to see her cousin Elizabeth. I thought it was a good idea for her to get away so she could plan and dream about our lives together. But when she returned to Nazareth, it soon became obvious to everyone that something was terribly wrong. Mary was with child. I was devastated. How do I describe how I felt? Shock, grief, anger, disappointment? How could she do this to me? Didn't she know the punishment for this sin was death by stoning? I was numb. I needed time to decide what to do. Then, the most amazing thing happened. One night, as I lay sleeping, the room filled with brilliant light, and the angel of the Lord spoke to me. I am a common man, a carpenter by trade. My callous hands know not an easy life. I do the best I can. I am a grateful man. For Mary has agreed to be my wife. She watches as I work. Then softly speaks my name. Dear Joseph, listen to the words I say. An angel has appeared. He told me not to fear. Then spoke the words that took my breath away. Fear not, my children. The words I speak are true. This child of Mary will soon deliver you. His name is Jesus. He is a promised Speak our truth. 
I began to hear rumblings about a coming Messiah once again. When you're the king of Judea, you kind of get used to aspiring messiahs popping up from time to time. Nothing out of the ordinary, but then again, they are nothing to be ignored. Swift, decisive action is what is needed. I've executed one of my wives and two of my sons when I thought they might be a threat to my authority. So dealing with one more messiah was all in a normal day's work. Taxes. That's all the trip to Bethlehem was about. Caesar just wanted more taxes to pay for his lavish banquets and silly games. <laughs> I could still hear Mary's gentle voice reminding me. Oh, my sweet, trusting Mary. It's probably good that she didn't understand how difficult the journey would be in her condition. Riding on the back of my ancient donkey, we would greatly need God's help and protection. Joseph was so good to me. I told him I would stay behind in Nazareth with my parents while he traveled to Bethlehem for the census. But he wouldn't hear of it. He was still afraid that some of the best villagers might follow through on their threat to stone me. I prayed with all my heart that the baby would not come until we returned home so that my mother could help me with delivery. The trip was harder on Mary than I could ever have imagined. Heat, the cold, the mountains, the constant bouncing on my little donkey. For over 70 miles, the journey seemed to go on forever. When the pain first started, I didn't tell Joseph. To be honest, I wasn't really sure if they were labor pains or not. But as we grew more intense, I couldn't hide them. I prayed. I quoted scripture. I called on Jehovah to help me. I couldn't believe it. Every room in Bethlehem was taken. Every single room. I was frantic. When one innkeeper saw Mary's desperate condition, he took pity on us and pointed to the stable behind his house. pushed the animals out of the way and made some room on the stable floor. As quickly as I could, I tore off my cloak and spread it out. Then Mary collapsed in my arms as I gently lifted her off the donkey and placed her on the ground. I was trying to trust God, but I was more scared than I had ever been in my entire life. I had never felt pain like that before. I literally thought I might die. I remembered Mother told me that when a woman delivers a child, she goes through the valley of I'll never forget that night for as long as I live, Mary crying out over and over again for God to help her. Her pain was constant, and I could do nothing, nothing to ease her suffering. But somehow, after what seemed like an eternity of struggle and pain, God did help us. And when I heard that small cry ring out into the night, my heart melted. And God's peace flooded over me like a warm summer rain. And Jesus, the Messiah, announced his arrival to the world.
On the hills outside of the town of Bethlehem, shepherds did what shepherds do. They found clean water and good grazing. They protected the sheep from predators. They bandaged wounds and treated disease. But nothing could have prepared these shepherds for what they were about to experience. The night sky suddenly exploded with light. They felt trembling to the ground, shaking with fear. They listened as the angel of the Lord said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. 
And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Shepherds, common laborers. But why had they come in the middle of the night 
Suddenly, baby Jesus stirred and made a soft whimper, and one of his little hands reached up toward his heavenly Father. Immediately, the shepherds fell on their knees in solemn worship. Then, I understood why they were there. God had sent them. He'd revealed to them that Jesus was the Messiah. The shepherds spoke in excited whispers about the angelic choir that filled the night sky. Then, they reverently left with faces aglow and hearts full. Jesus Christ had come to earth. But what were Mary and Joseph supposed to do next? Were they supposed to announce to the crowds that the Messiah had finally come to earth? Who would believe them? They pleaded with God for wisdom and guidance. Several weeks after the birth, we took Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice. We wanted to bring a lamb as a burnt offering to the Lord, but all we could afford was two small turtle doves. As soon as we got to the temple, an old man rushed toward us with tears running down his cheeks. With great reverence, he asked if he could hold the long-awaited Messiah. I was speechless, and I gently laid Jesus in his arms. As soon as this man had Jesus cradled softly in his arms, he began to bless the Lord and shout that he was now ready to go home to heaven because his eyes had seen the Lord's salvation. His voice seemed so light as he slowly whirled around the temple grounds with little Jesus smiling up at him. He called out to everyone that this child was a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. Everyone was staring, wondering what was going on when an old woman came hobbling up and joined in the celebration. Together, these two lifted their voices and gave thanks to God for sending Christ, the Redeemer, to Jerusalem. Oh, what a noise they made! The temple guards tried to quiet them down, but they would not be still. Their hearts were too full, and so was mine. Rejoice, rejoice, the light has come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Rejoice, rejoice! Behold God's Son! Joy of His holy birth. 
salvation has come to earth. He comes to bring restoration and to save us from sin's great curse. With a thankful heart, with a mighty voice, rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. The light has come. some eastern dignitaries had entered Jerusalem, I made arrangements to meet with our special visitors. These wealthy scholars seemed harmless enough, but their mission alarmed me. They said that they had been following a star that was supposed to lead them to a child, a child who would be the king of the Jews, and they wondered if I knew where he was to be born. After some quick research, I sent these wise men on their way to Bethlehem and asked them to report back to me when they had found this child. You see, I also wanted to worship this king of the Jews. Some relatives of mine graciously allowed us to use their house while Mary and I tried to figure out what we're going to do next. We're almost out of money, and Mary needed time to recover from childbirth before we started the long journey back to Nazareth. Late one evening, I was rocking the baby, praying for God's help. There came a knock at the door. Joseph opened the door, and to our wonder, three wealthy men bowed low in the doorway. When they saw the baby in my arms, they stared in hushed stillness. Then they humbly requested to offer gifts to the king. Before I even had time to respond, these three men were on their knees offering unbelievable treasures to Jesus. Treasures more costly and beautiful than I'd ever seen. Gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Enough to meet our needs for many years to come. Late that night, as the three wise men lay sleeping... God warned them in a dream not to return to Herod, but to travel to their home country by another way. They deceived me. Those wicked wise men did not return to me with the information I requested. They could have stopped the bloodshed. Now all the male infants in Bethlehem must die, and I alone will be king of Judea. I was asleep when God sent his light once again. The angel told me to quickly arise and take the child and Mary and flee to Egypt. Herod was searching for Jesus to kill him. Joseph shook me out of a deep sleep. Why must I get up? It was the middle of the night. But when Joseph told me of God's message, of Herod's plot, I quickly gathered our few things, and we hurried out of Bethlehem. The deed is done. My soldiers followed their orders. Every boy in Bethlehem, two years and younger, is dead. Of course, the mothers are weeping, but they'll get over it. A baby Messiah is no match for Herod the Great. King Herod was given God's light, 
When he asked the chief priests where the Messiah was to be born, they read to him Micah 5, 2. This scripture says that the one who is to be the ruler of Israel will come from Bethlehem. But King Herod didn't want a Messiah, and he rejected God's light. God had told us to go to Egypt. So mysterious. So far away. Thou trust God. He has provided for us, and I will follow the light he has given. Oh, little Jesus, how I wish you could talk to me and answer all my questions. There are so many things I want to ask you, but for now it is enough that I hold you in my arms and embrace all that you are. Rejected God's light. And shortly after the birth of Jesus, Herod died. Today, all of his greatness has been swept away by the sands of time. In fact, there is only one reason why most of us here are even familiar with his name. It is simply because, for a short time, King Herod's life intersected with the central figure of all history, 
Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I must admit, I didn't believe Mary when she first told me that she was pregnant by a miracle of the Lord. Would you have believed her? It was just too much for me. Even when the angel of the Lord told me it was true that I shouldn't be afraid to take Mary as my wife, I still struggled with the mockery that I knew would be coming. I had to embrace the truth for myself. But when I completely trusted God, it was like walking out of the darkness into God's glorious light. I'll never forget those special seasons of light that God gave me. The angel's announcement, the star overhead the night Jesus was born, the shepherds, the wise men, so many memories. But the most wonderful memory of all is him, Jesus. The words of the prophet Isaiah keep echoing in my heart. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. This, then, is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. Tonight we celebrate the season of light. As the choir sings, the light of the world. May each of you open your hearts and embrace Jesus Christ, the light of the world.
Jesus, the man is the light in the city. 